Webster's Dictionary defines great like this. A, large in size, as in big. B, elaborate, as in ample or expansive. And C, beyond average, as in markedly superior in character and skills. Great is a word that relates to size and excellence. Great seems to be a favorite word of our new president. Great also seems to be an innate aspiration of human beings. Who wants to settle for average when we can aspire to greatness? I think this applies often to our personal lives. We just said the prayer of confession and it reminds us that we're seeking to be better, even great. We seek to be the best we can be. God asks us to be the best we can be. We would like to be great also in relation to our love lives. We would like our families to be great. We would like our church to be great. We would like our community to be great. Why settle for good if love and community and church and life can be great? This applies to companies and corporations. This applies to sports teams and colleges. Something about us, at least something about most of us, uh, keeps us geared toward greatness. The championship is the goal. Being the best is the goal. Today is the Super Bowl. Keep the Dow Jones above 20,000. See, all this is our aspiration toward greatness. The desire for greatness seems to fuel many things about us. Our individual lives, our community, our culture. And much of this is very positive. Much of this is very beneficial. But great can also be misleading and even perplexing. In various places in the scriptures, there are stories and warnings about what great is and what great is not. Very often, the innate desire to be great leads people away from God, away from faithfulness. God calls Abraham and Sarah in Genesis chapter 12, and God makes a covenant with the people. God will be their God, and they will be God's people. He would establish them in the land flowing with milk and honey. This is the phrase that he keeps promising. God would provide for them eventually a king and a temple and build them into a prosperous people in the land. And it intended always to be about faith and relationship to God. It always intended to be about worship and serving God in the world. God blessed them to be a blessing. People, land, king, temple, prosperous. But the innate desire to be great can often lead away from God and away from God's work in the world. So all through the story of the scriptures, 
God keeps showing up to help the people understand afresh what greatness looks like. Greatness is not really ever about being a great nation, Israel, but being a great place, a community of worship and service of God. Greatness is really not about prosperity in the land, like we may think, but about a posture of compassion, a posture of commitment to God's purposes. True and godly greatness appears over and over in the Bible when people do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God, as we heard so well last week. Greatness is about righteous deeds. Greatness is about care for the poor. Greatness is about helping the afflicted. Indeed, the main enemy of Christian faith and Christian community is a selfish desire to be prominent. This is so well depicted in the disciples that we see gathered around Jesus in our second lesson today. And that lesson is also in our bulletin insert. Listen to Matthew 18, beginning with verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Jesus was so good at. Jesus often used pictures and parables to make his point, convey his message. And if the main enemy of Christian faith and Christian community is the selfish desire to be prominent, I'm not sure Jesus could have found a better example than a child. In the New Testament world, children had zero status. Children were not revered or even adored as they sometimes are today. Children were small and overlooked. Children had no authority and no credibility. Children had to trust those who took care of them. Children were dependent on others. Children are children. Not yet uh, possessing or not yet filled with that selfish desire to be prominent. So in Jesus' opinion, a little child is the best definition of a great person. A little child is the best definition of a great person. Maybe you know the classic book by Robert Fulgham entitled, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. I've had this book on my shelf in my study for almost 30 years. The subtitle is Uncommon Wisdom on Common Things, but the first essay is about wisdom and what's important. And he says, wisdom is not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sand pile of Sunday school. This is what he says he learned in kindergarten. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. 
put things back where you found them. Clean up your mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. Warm cookies and milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw some and paint some and sing some and dance some and play some and work some every day. Take a nap every afternoon. When you go out into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, stick together, and on it goes. Fulgham says, take any one of these items and extrapolate them into adult terms and apply them to your family or to your workplace or to your government or to your world, and it holds true, and it's clear, and it's firm. Think what a better world it would be if we could just live by these basic principles. It's real easy and it's tempting to be pulled into conversations about great Jesus places a child in the midst. Unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying, forget greatness. Ambition is dangerous. It leads away from the kingdom. We are to turn around and change how we do things and become like children who simply live and trust and who share and who are open to wonder and learning, who can be shaped in the ways of discipleship or to be humble. Whoever becomes humble like this child, that's the way. This is how we find greatness. Bible scholar Dale Bruner says about this passage, we become childlike by giving ourselves in warm ways to what has given us in little people and little tasks. It's so tempting to seek greener pastures. It's so tempting to give particular attention to impressive people who can help us advance. Great task, great people, significant work, significant people. These are the preoccupations of ambition. Ambition leads us away from God. From discipleship, we're called to humble tasks, to be engaged with the disagreeable, to be engaged with the difficult, to be engaged with the disliked, to be engaged with the ignored, visit the prisoner, care for the sick, walk with the hurting, reach out to the refugee, welcome the stranger, whoever becomes humble. Whoever welcomes the child welcomes Christ. Mother Teresa often said, we can do no great things. Just small things with great love. It's never how much you do, but how much love you put into doing it. I wonder if you saw the news this week from Victoria, Texas. Last Saturday night, the Victoria Islamic Center burned down. The fire took place just hours after the president's executive order to ban citizens from seven Muslim-majority countries from entering the U.S. 
Federal officials are still looking into the cause of the blaze, which took hours and hours to get under control. But the town's Muslim population in Victoria, Texas, will not be without a place of worship. Robert Loeb, the president of Temple B'nai Israel in Victoria, said, Everyone knows everybody. I know several members of the mosque, and we felt for them. When a calamity like this happens, we have to stand together. One of the mosque's founders, Shahid Hashmi, said, Jewish community members walked into my home and gave me the keys to the synagogue. The enemy of Christian faith, the enemy of Christian community, is the selfish desire to be prominent. Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom. Whoever welcomes one such child, says Jesus, welcomes me. Share everything. Play fair. Hold hands. Stick together. This is the way to discipleship. The way to the kingdom. I hope you've seen by now the wonderful movie, Hidden Figures. Most people are betting that this movie receives Best Picture Awards. The story is powerful. The movie is excellent. Hidden Figures is a true story about three African-American women working in the early 1960s for the space program at Langley in Hampton, Virginia. The movie takes us back to a time that many people might perceive as great. John F. Kennedy was president. Recent wars were over. The economy was growing. The nation was excelling. And the NASA program was in a race to get the first person into orbit, into space. But the movie reminds us of the truth of that time, too. It was a long way from great. Racial segregation was the shameful way of our land. Women had roles in the home place, not in the workplace, especially African-American women. The desire to be great put us in a race with the Russians to get the person into orbit, but the movie also shows much of the foolishness of that pursuit. But the movie, Hidden Figures, is finally about the true story of some amazing women. Their humility, their fortitude, their brilliance, their faithfulness. Though these women were disadvantaged and disregarded and degraded and mistreated and oppressed, they were absolutely instrumental in the success of that program in in getting John Glenn orbiting the earth in the Mercury capsule. It's a movie about greatness revealed in the character and the skills, the humility and devotion, the perseverance and the fortitude of these three women. Great is not the race to space. Grace is not the success of NASA getting to the moon, which these women also helped to accomplish. 
Grace is not looking back to another time that seems more perfect and more prosperous. Great, great is the humility and the sacrifice that we see in these wonderful people of character and grace who carry on and succeed in the face of oppression and segregation and injustice. Jesus says, turn and become like children, become humble like the child whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Friends, we're called to live with, live with faith and follow Jesus. It's not about which political party we might be a part of. It's about our call to be Christian. We're called to become humble. We're called to do things with great love. We're called to reach out. We're called to hold hands. We're called to stick together. We're called to help each other. We're called to welcome others as the child would do. And in so doing, we welcome Jesus. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise. To stand with you, to serve you in humble love. That's to abide with you forever. We commit to that way following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.